Hey everyone, it's Blake the Cat Miller. So I'm here at the beginning of the episode for the audio side because I want to clear it up a little bit because we have a little bit of a different format. So the first section of the podcast, you're going to be listening to the interview uh, from me, Jake, and Trey going over his win, um, talking about his uh, outlook on fantasy football, how he attacks the season. Uh, immediately at the conclusion of that interview, we will be transferring uh, into the live edition of the episode uh, that we recorded that similar night. So you got Trey's interview. We'll transition right into the live episode. See you guys at the end. And like several t- uh, fumble loss, so uh, we'll see. Should be Everything. good. Live and, live, and, live and die by Josh Allen, and that's the perfect segue into this interview. We're just catching you guys live right here, so we're in the, in the moment here. But there we go. We are here with Trey, the champ, back to back, Jack. Yeah, make sure you make that correction. I yeah. I am Trey. I'm and I've been your harshest uh, fan, uh, enemy all season. And to be fair, I didn't think, you know what, maybe, maybe like the last three, four weeks, I stopped, like, I made, I slowed down a little bit on the shame and, and hate I had for your team, uh, because gosh, just some of the weeks that your, your team put up, uh, it's just incredible. But the first question I want to ask is the question that every time I look at your stupid fantasy football roster lineup is... Is there a strategy, or do you not know how many bench spots we have? Why do you always have empty bench slots? Honestly, I know that, and I think the first year that I did mess it up, I wanted to keep it going every year because it pisses you off so much. <laughs> it does. No, I'm, I'm going to answer for Trey. I know the answer here. Um, he was waiting until week – what are, what is it? The last week of the season, the, the, cha- the championships – and he was waiting to listen to this podcast and he was waiting to hear who I said to pick up. And then he heard it and he said, you know what? Jake's been the smartest one on this podcast the entire season. So therefore I'm going to listen to Jake and I'm going to pick up the giants defense and start them. I'm going to pick up uh, whatever scrub tight end. I told him to pick up no, and whoa, start whoa, whoa, whoa. him. Well, I told him to pick up John Johnson. I think you threw it out there. To be fair, to be fair, I did tell Jake already. The tight end spot was already going to be filled. I already knew that coming, but I did give him credit for the defense. Defense was spot on because I told him, I texted him, I did not know that the Giants' defense was still on the block. I thought mm-hmm. they were already taken. I was like, yep. oh, good spot to take because their defense has been playing lights out. The Bucks weren't playing good, and I forgot whoever else I had for defense. They weren't playing good. I think it was the, the Bills. Bills. They were all right. So I was like, I think I should take a chance because playing Phil in the last one, like I'm going to need like just a little bit more points as much as I can just in case if anything happens like what did happen. So I'm glad I did pick up Phil. Good job. Now, yeah. now, obviously what happened in the fantasy – or not even the fantasy football landscape, but just football in general, just the horrific injury that happened in the, the Bills game with Hamler. Luckily, Hamlin. our situation – Respect Hamlin, his name, Mike, please. You and Mike White, Matt White, all these players. You had uh, – what was the one earlier this season? Uh, Gene Autry. His name is D'Amico Autry. Get your names right. Okay. My bad. Um, the question I want to ask here, I guess, first off, it's going to go to you, Jake, as our commissioner. It's perfect. Luckily, we weren't in a situation 
where it came down to that final game, uh, Trey had it locked up two mm-hmm. points. What uh, what would have been your call in this situation? Let's say Trey was down, but he was down in this matchup heading into that Josh Allen. What what would have been the call? What would you? How have you thought yeah, about it? If Trey was down, obviously that situation has never happened before, so it would have been you know something new for everyone. I probably would have reached out to both. Phillips and Trey and been like, hey, there's one more week left in the season. Josh Allen is going to play the last week of the season because of seeding. So can we just do whatever Josh Allen's points well, are that last week of the season? Um, and I would have assumed Phillips isn't the type of guy that been like, no, that's bullshit. Uh, you know, it's a zero for Josh Allen. I think he would have agreed to that. Um, and, you know, if Trey agreed, agreed to that, I think that would have been a good uh, solution. Yeah, I, I've... Um... I was like kind of playing around the idea. I think like, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one, but that's honestly the best. I've heard I've heard people saying we'll give him his projections or yeah, I think that would have been another fair fair thing. Or give him like his like average out his highest score and lowest score, which probably would have hit somewhere <laughs> near projections. But it's like Josh Allen this year has had like fifty burgers. Um, all right, well I'm 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 on the matchup screen right now, so I'm looking at Trey's team and. Trey, I think our biggest, well, I'll say my biggest kind of knock on your team was, I think, Josh Jacobs. I think going into this year, Mm -hmm. Jake and I were so low on Josh Jacobs. Just uh, his involvement has been there the whole year. Um, I mean, his whole career, I feel like, uh, with Las Vegas, but he just never has been efficient. Uh, You nabbed him, and probably the pick of the year is where you got him at. You got him in the sixth round. Is so. I guess my question is: Was Josh Jacobs someone you're interested in? Do you remember the draft? Did he fall to you, and you're like, "I'll pick him up"? What What was the thought there with Josh Jacobs? Yeah, um, I'm a little bit different than most people when it comes to doing these fantasy assets. Obviously, after my first year not knowing what I was doing, uh, I watch a lot of football. I don't really have a favorite team, so I think that's what helps me when I pick Definitely. teams. I watch. I watch different players, even though they're on bad teams. I watch their production. I watch the guys that they lose, the guys that they get every year, and I just felt like Josh Jacobs was going to get more touches, and I, I would say like more successful because I felt like Derek Carr is not it there, and they were just going to go feed the ball to Jacobs. I was like, he could possibly hit high in the uh, mid part of the season to the later part of the season, so that's what I went for, but. You know, hopefully, I mean, everything went right Went right from week one, just going up. He's been a monster. Yeah, to, to piggyback on that question, your number one selection was Austin Eckler. And I, I let's, let's set this question straight, um, or let's get this answer straight. Did you see my text when I offered you a trade for Austin Eckler and then just go like, no, I'm not giving Austin Eckler to this guy? Or did you actually forget to text me back uh, a week after because he went off about three days after that I sent you that uh, that text? I actually did see your text, and believe it or not, half the times when you or uh, Blake texts me, I have a text already in the box, but I'm waiting to send it. And I was like – you know what? I think I'm going to hold on to this because I, I remember the, the year before Blake did the same thing and he asked me for Allen. I was like, I'm going to keep him. I'm going to see what happens the next week. And we'll hold. You were right. The next week. He went what, what was your percentage? I just want to know in hindsight, just to just to like really twist that knife, because I'm looking at his stats right now. First week, he had nine points. Second week, he had 14 points. Third week, he had nine points. He didn't have that production, that low of production, the rest of the season. So I remember texting you after that Jacksonville game where he only had four carries for five yards and being like, hey, 
Austin Eckler, what can I can I grab him? Can I uh, get him for you? Whatever you want, I'll I'll go for him. What was that percentage though that you would be willing to trade your first overall, uh, first round selection? Honestly, as the more I like, I said I look at the teams that they have their um, their teammates that they have on their team. When I think about Justin Herbert and the production he has, I would say the per- percentage went from giving him to you was about a seventy percent. But Damn. It, oh, that's so hard to hear. All the way back down to 0%. When I thought about Justin Herbert, I was like, these guys are going to get him in the end zone. It's going to take a little bit of time. So Justin Herbert would have sat multiple games because of his rib cartilage injury than you would have given him to me, just to make that clear. But, Chase Daniel was the quarterback. But, yeah, but then when I think about my strategy knowing me, I'm not going to give up on myself anymore. I'm never going to give you guys these people because I, I think you guys are nervous at the beginning of the season. You guys talk a lot of crap. So I like to, you know, dig the knife in you guys a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. I, I just know talent when I see it, and I know Austin Eckler is an extremely talented yeah, you, you running back. The, the good podcast guys on here. See, there you go. I appreciate it, Trey. Thank you. All, uh, he wanted to have this whole interview just for someone to pump his tires. Um, no, Trey, I wasn't scared of your team because I'm looking at your draft right here, and the decision to go Josh Allen as your third third round pick, yeah, great pick, a hindsight, but Tom Brady at number four. Um, Kyle Pitts at number five, and then me being low at the start of the year on Josh Jacobs. Uh, we're going to touch on this later yeah. in our podcast, but I just want to let you know, Trey, that those were the worst, in our opinion, back-to-back picks of the draft by far, <laughs> and you still won the league. So that's uh, congrats to you. Yeah, and before you – before if you are going to defend that, the only question I have for you, because I like asking everyone, because everyone has a different approach when they come for the draft season. Do you have that? Do you – I, I feel like I know a lot of owners, they have guys that they like, um, guys that uh, they kind of go back to every single year, uh, like Sam with Robert Woods. Uh, there's got to be some – I feel like QB Sneaks and, and a Shane always has George Kittle for some reason. Yeah. There's certain teams that have certain guys. Um, so how do you go about a draft? Do you – is it – throw everything that happened out last year out of the window. Obviously you have to pay some sort of attention because of moves and, and whatnot, but are there, do you have a player that you hold a grudge against? You're like, I'm never drafting him. Or is there a guy like, Hey, I'm doing a round early. I got to get him. So once you um, take us through your kind of draft process. See, I felt like that the first year, even though I didn't get any guys like that, I felt like the first year I played fantasy, I was going to be like that. But like I said, uh, I like the players. I know who's good and who's not. Um, the only guy I would say that I always try to take who I like is either Brady or Herbert. That's the only two I feel like I choose automatically just to have my roster. Even like I have Brady now, I didn't really play him that much all year, basically. But I like to have him just just in case if anything happens, I know I can rely on him. And that's funny that you say that because I went up to – to Jake's pick and Jake picked Herbert at uh round four, 37th pick. You were up next, and that's when you took Tom Brady at with their 38th pick. Yeah. So I guess in a hypothetical world there, you're taking Herbert over or over Brady, or that would have been a toss-up for you? Uh, it would have been a toss-up. Honestly, it would have been what the team looked like preseason or not yeah. but the camp and what what things like that and how I feel like the projection of the team would be that year. Um, if, based on what it now, even if I didn't know now, I probably would have still probably took Brady just in case because that's crazy. Just because Herbert, it's not his fault. I feel like his line sometimes doesn't help him as much, and I feel like he could potentially get hurt soon if they don't get it together over there. I feel like mm-hmm. that's fair. Uh, yeah, and then a question because I 
before you you mentioned your first year in the league, was that your first year ever playing fantasy football yep. or played previously? Year ever. Okay. What's so you look at your you think back about year one and uh, off air before we started recording, we talked about what a horrible season you had in your first season. But I guess this is the stupidest question. Uh, but if you could go back in time and tell that first year fantasy owner something that you've learned now, now that you're back to back chance, what would it be? Um, I would always say, like, I've been telling you guys, trust your gut, trust what you know, what you're doing. You know, like I said, like I watch different players. I don't, have a favorite team or watch it one specific player. So I know a lot of guys different in the league. So I would say just trusting your gut and just watch the performances. You don't always have to always give up guys early. Like you guys, some like Keenan Allen, for example, always every year, at the beginning of the season, he doesn't do that well, but towards the end is when he picks it up. So it just depends on your matchups. You always have to look at who you're going to have on the field. That's the one thing I looked at. I mean, this year I didn't have that many guys that were going to be good off the bench, but I knew my, starting lineup would be strong. And even if I had to give up a week or two where I was going to land flat on my face, I would take it. Yeah. And so, and looking at the, the standings and I think at one point your team was like a few games under 500. I think you were like two and four or something yeah. like that to where it was like for you specifically was there was never any panic. Like I know that you had guys that were hurt and they were eventually coming back. And I guess your studs were still performing, but it seemed like, cause you, you ended up winning the league, but you had the most points against um, where it feels like every week's, you know, the team that you were playing was putting a lot of points on you and you had to basically meet those um, expectations against the other teams. So at any point, were you trying to perhaps make a deal um, for anybody else or like you didn't have many moves. I think you had the least amount in our league. Yeah, you did at eight. So you didn't, you didn't make any moves at all. You kind of just stuck through, but at any point were you thinking maybe I should, you know, deal some, some players for somebody else that's maybe more healthy or more consistent. Um, In the beginning, kind of, I got kind of a little bit worried. Like you said, the two and four, I was like, this is not a good start. Um, but only the really guy I thought about honestly trading was uh, Eckler. That was the only one I was like, maybe if I can just God switch around, it. maybe get two players for him, I could probably boost it up. But then I'm glad I kept him for like the two weeks stretch I did think about it. So, Damn. yeah, uh, hindsight not the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> hindsight looking at your schedule, you started off 0 2, you won three in a row, and then you lost four after that. So, heading yeah. into week 10, three and you six. Were he was uh three and six yeah and then after that you didn't post uh you didn't post a score under 100 the rest of like 103 122 155 128 126 and then you tailed off a little bit at the end but you got kind of lucky with uh easy matchups going against uh jake with put up 75 uh easy going up, going up against the cat who put up 86 yeah, and, there you go. Uh, you had obviously uh, the close one, but not having uh, Josh Allen. But it's kind of the same moniker, Jay, that you talked about about your previous championship. It's it's a combination of the self awareness that you know that hey, I have a good team. They're putting up points. I'm getting unlucky, and it's the combination of like the what Trey has, which I don't have any ounce in my body, is being like, dude, I drafted these guys. I know they're good. Like and. I know that like Keenan Allen may be hurt. Uh, Josh Allen may have a bad game or whatever. It's like, I got Tom Brady on the bench. I, I, I'm good. He knows the guys that he wants and he, he rode with them and it just shows. Cause after that, uh, heading into week 10, that win against you, you kickstarted, uh, 
looks like a, a seven and one streak for Trey just by uh-huh. him holding true him knowing that, Hey, I no, no cause for panic here. I got my guys that I want. I got fucking Josh Jacobs just running, running circles around people. And that's, that's the, those are the winners. The winners are the guys that just hold true and just dominate the whole entire year, which you did. And it kills me to say it, but I just, it, it's, it's, yeah. Would you like to apologize? I, I apologize up front in the beginning. I, uh, I must have missed I, that. You must have missed that. Yeah, it was not the strongest of apologies. But what a what a great year! You deserve the win. There was a lot of teams that I tried to put ahead of you throughout the year that I thought were better. Steph's team, biggest pretender. Uh, a Shane's team was crap all year. All he was good for is for his first bye week. But <laughs> I, I. Uh, I kept pushing you aside, not giving you your respect, but back-to-back champs, and it's not luck. Everyone could say, everyone could say fantasy football. It's all. It's about who you draft. Or uh, for me, I remember my year was that a uh, couple of years I get some lucky trades where I get a bounce here or there. But uh, uh, so I some years are luck, like when you get a ninety-yard touchdown from Blake Bortles to Allen Robinson. Oh my gosh, <laughs> um, that's, that's straight luck. And I hope Phil listens to this and he's just sitting there <laughs> looking back in two thousand. 16 or whatever it was and just just pushing refresh and hoping that the scores change sitting slumped on his cows petting his cats just <laughs> listening but uh but now there's there's something to it trey back-to-back champs uh especially in this year where every team was so tight you coming out on top it's it's truly something it's truly deserved I mean, yep. speaking on luck and everything too, I just wanted to point it out too. Like, I'd never been told. I don't think I told anybody in this league, but even last season, I had two more other leagues where I picked the same players and I won their leagues too. So I just want to point that out. I know what I'm doing. I'm looking at. I have more leagues that I play with, and I pick the same players that I pick with you guys. All right, get this guy out of here. Now we're just now we're just now we're just just flexing, just flexing all over. Actually, I won another league as well. Blake, did you have another league that you played in? Did you win that league? No, you can keep taking rows like that. I got dead last. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, So you're talking to two champions here. Um, So pay your respects. Uh, At the end of the day, the only reason why we're here, we're here from the Northside League. And that's what we're here. And we're here with the the champ. And we're going to sign out. Uh, Trey, thank you for coming on. Congrats, Trey. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it and look forward to next season. I, I would imagine that the checks in the mail for Jake. Uh, I think he asked you to hold it's already off been a already been PayPal'd. Okay, that's good. Okay, um, guaranteed. I won <laughs> I won bets last week, so I was able to pay the league. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. See you, Trey. All right. See you, bye bye. I've wanted this intro for so long. My WWE intro, not really graceful exit, but we are back. Final episode, episode thirty, of the Northside Story podcast. And we hit 30? 30 episodes. 30. I know. Crazy. Uh, as always, Blake, I'm live today. Weird live today. Sorry, Jake. Excluded you there. Um, last episode, we had it in and out the bang. We're live here uh, in front of our two fans, as always. But I'm Blake the Cat Miller. I'm here. You can see Tiny Ass Apartment here in Mission Viejo. Joined by always, Jake Bakke, Lee Kamish, L.A. Bash Bros, uh, Josh Allen Hader, uh, at least I don't have Deshaun Watson. Jake, how are yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I went through the plethora of team names this year. Um, I'm good. I am my my goal for 2023. Ooh. Now that the new year just started, is hope to have some sort of live setup like you do. I know it's very basic and it's just easy, 
but that's that's the goal for 2023 is when we do this uh i can be on screen as well so all of our fans can you know send me mail because of my good looks um and you know and be able to be on camera yeah it's it's kind of nice and it's it's funny because we, we record like we said we did, we've done 30 episodes each episode i know for the the listeners it's like an hour and a half but it usually takes jake and i maybe like two hours two and a half hours so like we're talking the whole time but it's obviously it's like public speaking are you a good public speaker jake no this is t- to me personally it's nothing like public speaking oh really i I also know that not all eyes and ears are on me in this moment. I know we, we, a lot of our um, listeners will listen probably to this after the fact. So it's easy for me to kind of just literally sit in my bed just with my laptop over to the side, my mic in my hand, and just kind of riff. Um, yeah. It's, 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 that's just easy. Well, that's been the fun part about this whole this whole thing is that, I mean, we have three people – live with us right now but uh, we i think when i first set off on this because there's unfortunate for some of you to listen to the very first episode that i recorded i uh i came home from the draft and i've always wanted to do something like this i mean for a lot of us jake i mean they know us from our all scars days the team that i quit supposedly and how much fun we had supposedly yeah the fun we had just creating that content and just getting it out there and kind of like showing ourselves. So, I mean, it's something that I missed. So after that first draft day, I'm like, dude, I got to do something. I got to get involved some way. So just going home and kind of like you, I guess in this sense, just like I just sat on my computer. I didn't know what I was doing. I grabbed a microphone and I just went for it. And just to see where we are now, 30 episodes in and uh, kind of wrapping up this season, uh, celebrating one of the greatest seasons that we, that I've ever been a part of in terms of the, the, uh, the parody and how close it was and the false hope that I had about winning a championship and eventually getting to a championship uh, round and our our guy, the notorious Trey, taking home the win it has just mm-hmm. been so cool. It's just been awesome, and it's, it's a cool moment to get here. And, yeah, uh, for you, a goal getting the studio set up for me, a goal for me is what's next? Um, what's next for this podcast? What's next for this league? How can we make this even better next year? Um, what can we do during our spare time? I I bore Dana probably all the time telling her about all these podcast ideas that I want to do, about getting involved, figuring out what else I can get uh, my voice out there on and, and being able to interact with just not only just now our league, but even more people because I I love doing this. And it's been, it's been a treat doing this with you, and it's been um, even better that we've been able to share this with our league and our friends and our family that have checked in. And so great season. It's been a, it's been a great podcast, but we're not over because the season's over and we got to go over that. Um, we can go over it quickly um, or we can spend however much time with it, but we have to obviously name our champion, which I already did. We have notorious notorious had mm-hmm. the win and Luckily, not as controversial as it's been for a lot of leagues, uh, given the, the the situation that happened in Buffalo. And uh, Trey was the outright winner, even without Josh Allen playing. Um, let me want to yeah, have stall? it right here. Trey oh. Trey ended up winning by two point one. Um, stall a little bit, and I'm gonna pull up the. Uh, I'll pull it up so the live can see it. Yeah, so Trey uh, going into Monday night's game had already wrapped it up, like Blake said. 
Um, Trey's team, basically, like they have all season, really relied heavily on his big-time players. Now, one of his big-time players, of course, didn't get any points in Josh Allen, but Austin Eckler with 32 points. He had a 70-yard rush into which Phillips, I believe, when that happened, sent a uh, text to the group chat that said, GG. Um, and that means good game. He felt like that was over at that point. Austin Eckler, I think that was in the first quarter, maybe the early second quarter, but Austin Eckler the rest of the game, I think he had another touchdown. He had, you know, just like he did the entire season, um, he ended up with 32 points. He finished number one overall in running backs. He is, I think, is going to be the number one selection for fantasy next year. Um, It's hard when, you know, all he does is score touchdowns. His production as far as running the ball might not be great, but he scores touchdowns, and that's what you want in fantasy football. But going into that Monday night game um, with Trey being up two points, uh, luckily that nothing really came of that. We already had a winner. We had uh, just interviewed Trey, and that will be um, a part of our uh, you know podcast um, when it's released in the next uh, 24 hours or so. But one of the major talking points was what would happen if perhaps Trey was down going into that night, uh, into that Monday night game. And so one thing that I had, you know, come up with was that if that what were to happen, then, you know, maybe Josh Allen against the Patriots the next week um, and his numbers there would be added on. We would uh, Blake uh, came up with a good idea of perhaps taking his highest points and his lowest points and even averaging it out or maybe just his projected. But we didn't really need to run into that issue, which was nice. Um, but yeah, congrats to Trey. Uh, well-deserved victory in the championship round. He had a pretty, I'm not going to lie, he had a pretty easy route to the yeah. championship and beating both myself in week one of the playoffs and Blake in week two. But to be honest, nobody really in the playoffs like showed up. Like, I mean, Trey scoring 118, I guess, you know, with Josh Allen averaging 20 would have had 140 point performance. But Phillips's team, 116, nothing special. Um, I believe the week prior to that, um, I will look at it right now, but I don't think Shane did anything. No, he put up 110. Okay, yeah, so 110. And um, I don't think Trey really put up that much either. So we talked about it on that bye week where Shane put up 170 points. Um, it was just kind of low scoring um, as far as our league goes for, for final um, points, but good matchup in the, in the, in the end. Um, and I know that you and I went over kind of both sides of, you know, uh, the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight end flex defense and kicker. Um, couple things that I just want to touch on and then we can, you know, then you can, you know, uh, get into it as well and then we can move on. But um, Phillips's team, I honestly thought Justin Fields was going to have a crazy day. And I think he had 15 points in the first quarter. Yeah. And then he did not do a single thing the rest of the game. So I, I was this was what it was. The New Year's Day, I believe, was Sunday. And I was at home just kind of sitting there and like wow justin fields like he's gonna do it for phillips so he's gonna do it and then he did not have a single like a single point after he had 100 rushing yards in the very first quarter and then didn't do um anything so um you know that's a tough one i feel like justin fields throughout the year had those weeks where he just went off and it was so impressive 
and then he kind of just didn't really do much after that. Um, so tough, tough place for Phillips there. Yeah, I there's really not much I can really touch on. I think the playoffs was uh, it was exciting because of the season that we had. Uh, it was we had teams separated by two wins uh, from top mm-hmm. to bottom. So I knew it was going to be exciting going in. But in terms of in terms of the finale, as much as I wanted to win, my team didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve that first round by. Um, I'm glad the two teams that were in the finals were there. Uh, as we got later to yes. the season, it was a four-legged, uh, maybe three-legged horse in terms of the teams that, if they were in the finals, we were we were fine with them winning. It was, uh, it was Trey's team, it was Phillip's team, it was uh, Phil's team. If he would have made it, uh, well, people forget you let Phillips into the finals. Yeah, I did, and um, Kyler Murray, rest in peace. R.I.P. See him, see him next year. But uh, and then there was a fourth team. Maybe it was, maybe it was a Shane's team. I don't know if I mentioned that off the top, but yeah, there there was there was teams that we that as as unbiased we they they deserved to be in a chance to win for go for a championship. And I felt that the playoffs, especially the championship, at least gave us that opportunity. Uh, and what about Steph's team? You loved her team the entire year. Steph's team is absolute trash. Um, predictable, just like every single year. I hope Steph's on. We got four viewers now, so hopefully Steph's one of them. But uh, I, that, when the high was high, the low was the lowest. Steph's team, that uh, was just just in typical Steph faction. She just fell apart. Wheels fell off, and um, she's always got next year. I, that's the only thing I can tell her. And um, she'll have a very talented team she'll on have the a, bench. She'll have a very very talented. Texas A&M team on the bench, not willing to trade any of them, but that that's, that's year in year out. There's nothing I can really say about that, but that's, I mean, kind of a bow on the season. Uh, very fun season, great playoffs, uh, great interview that you guys will be able to hear on the audio side and um, probably shouldn't do this. I'll give you guys a little lens inside of, I, so when we record these podcasts, usually I'm in charge of, I'll see if Jake picks up on this as I set up this monologue. I'm in charge of like the audio stuff. I have the like the recorder in the background. We're live on Twitch right now. I'm do all the audio stuff. Um, there's only been one time prior to this recording where I forgot to push record on the audio side, and solid, I, and I did it. So I will be it'll be a little choppy when you're hearing this. It'll be a little choppy on the back end side. We'll figure it out, but. I'm not gonna lie. I think that was your best monologue the entire year too. To really? start out, to start out a podcast, yeah. And now that's it's good. gone forever. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. But but to be fair, we'll work on it because I I'm recording the the vod, so we'll be able to get. Maybe I'll be able to rip that audio from it. it may sound a little distorted. All good. It's all good. But I wanted to get your live. I wanted people to see your live reaction, not the reaction I was going for. But I digress. Season's over. I'm used, I'm used to it yeah, by now. Yeah. Season's over. So, Jake, you want to tell everyone why, why are we here? Yeah. So, I decided we wanted to do some North Side Story awards. And this is something that, however long we decide to do this podcast for, um, we are going to have a fun, creative spin on the mm-hmm. awards. So, we have six categories to where we're going to you know, do some flashbacks as far as whether it's predictions, whether it is certain uh, team names, whether it's certain draft choices um, to where 
we're going to give out awards. And so our first award, the category is Curse of the Year. Oh, now there are multiple curses of the year. There are multiple. (laughs) And um, I have I have two or I have three nominees. Our first nominee is going to be the Kenny Pickett curse. Wow. If you remember, Phil Okamoto trick uh uh, it's actually Kenny Pickett slash Phil Okamoto curse. Yeah, I was going to say. Phil had multiple quarterbacks this year to where they literally were out for season ending injuries, multiple week ending injuries, where, oh, look at that, Slater two time is now following. Yeah. Shout out. Um, and so Phil drafted Trey Lance, and right from the get go, Trey Lance out for the year with a busted knee. <laughs> Just Phil bad. then picked up to a. Tagovailoa, and within two weeks, he had two concussions out for multiple games. After that, Phil then picked up Kenny Pickett, and Phil started out the season zero and two, maybe one, yeah, one and three, perhaps. Picked up Kenny Pickett and went on a streak. Kenny Pickett led him to victory multiple weeks, but then he dropped Kenny Pickett. Yep, as he probably should have, but. The curse went on because Phil continued to lose games without Kenny Pickett. So that is my one of my runner-ups is nomination is Phil Okamoto quarterback curse slash Kenny Pickett curse. Um, do you have another one or can I throw? Oh, yeah, one into I, I, oh I have three. Okay, so go ahead. the next one, next another nominee is the Deshaun Watson curse. Oh come on! No, this didn't just affect Blake's team. This also affected Nick's team. Now, if we want to go back earlier, early in the season, Nick uh, Rum Runners was the first team to have draft or to picked up Deshaun Watson. He picked him up maybe five or six weeks into the season, stashed him on his bench, and I just remember being like, "That's a weird stash. Who knows what this guy's going to be when he comes back?" Nick was on our podcast. We interviewed him, and I declared a curse on his team with Deshaun Watson being on his team. Deshaun Watson, known sexual assaultist. Um, cursed him to be on Nick's team. Nick then lost two straight weeks. And I said, if Deshaun Watson's still on your team and you lose these two weeks, are you going to drop him? He said, yes, I will drop him if I lose another week. He lost that week. He then dropped him. Now, Deshaun Watson stayed on the, the waiver wire. No one picked him up. No one even thought about it. Thought, oh, no one really cares for him. And then we had Blake. Blake decided to pick up Deshaun Watson with the... um the blessing of his now wife, Dana shout out. And they both agreed to stash and roster Deshaun Watson. Now this curse continued because I will say, I believe Blake might've won a game or two with Deshaun Watson on his team, but a, he never played him and B his season went down the tank after Deshaun Watson was picked up low scores was getting lucky under 100 a couple weeks playoffs didn't even reach 100 so deshaun watson curse was real and i hope that whoever decides to pick him up next year your team is also cursed now the curse of the year is this the award award. okay the award goes to blake miller what did i do big blake miller you cursed stephanie's team the entire season oh no now i had the day off today i took today off and i was like you know what i'm gonna get some stats for this show in the lab 
in the lab, was cooking some stuff in the lab. I listened back to every single Northside story, Stephanie against oh, okay. whoever uh, matchup. Okay? okay. All right. Blake, your record this year, because Blake does not know this yet. I texted him. I can't wait for him to have a reaction to um, picking Stephanie's games. All right. I want to hear he it. He does not know this answer. Blake's record this year would be picking number one in the NFL draft this year. What, wait, what? Blake's record was two and fourteen in picking <laughs> Steph's games. Blake would be beating the Bill, uh, the the Bears would be beating the Houston Texans. He would be picking number one overall. He went two and fourteen in picking Steph's games. Now. I don't know the record and when he said, I'll pick Steph to win, and she lost. There are some games where he picked Steph to lose, and she actually ended up winning. Okay. So he went 2-14. and 14. He started out 2-8 uh, and eight, and okay. then lost three, <laughs> six, eight straight games in picking Steph's team, mm -hmm. which is incredible. So our curse of the year winner goes to Blake Miller for picking Steph's teams 2-14. and 14. Steph, if you're here or you're listening to this after the fact, Blake cursed your team. You knew it. I knew it. Blake knew it. And he still picked your team. Do I get a Way to go, Blake. Do I get an acceptance speech here or what? Go ahead. The floor is yours. I, I regret nothing. That is it. That's my All speech. right. Play them off. Yeah. The pianos are going. Uh, okay. Well, that's I don't, don't have a piano sound. Do you want me to get a piano sound? Would that have been no, more dramatic? Fine. Okay. Play it off. Okay. Next, next category. Ne I'll, I'll make sure. Okay. Next category. What is it, Jake? Is yours your category? My category is transaction or trade of the year. Um, now this one's kind of ambiguous because there's been there's pretty some good trades, and obviously any good trade, one owner is going to win, one owner is going to lose. Uh, the first one I want to bring up is the one Jake between you and Phillips. Uh, Pretty much the bulk of the trade was you sending off uh, CD Lamp and you getting back mm -hmm. DeAndre Swift. Mm -hmm. Now, we, we'll touch on it. When you listen to the audio podcast, I thought Trey did such a good job in kind of communicating and uh, communicating his play style and t what, what type of fantasy owner he is in terms of sticking with your guys, sticking what works. Um, now, I myself, I'm the opposite. I, as soon as one guy has one bad week or one guy has good week, I'm willing to trade him. Now, your situation was just a little bit different with this trade. Um, now, in the moment, obviously in the moment, there was probably needs that you wanted to fill. But now that we're, like, separated and we're going through, it's so funny looking at the draft and looking at all this. So I'm in charge of the transactions. And I looked at your trade, and I still, I still have no idea what you saw in that trade, how that helped you. How that was a benefit because um, it literally was the most lopsided and, and there there wasn't many trades that were actually like big blowouts but that was the most lopsided bad trade that i think propelled now we can blame me and my team crapped the bed against phillips and i should have kept him out of the playoffs but no i think the the production that cd lamb pretty much had all almost all year i mean yeah Towards literally right when you traded him, he started really going off. It was and it was weird because they were starting to get healthy too. That was the, the decision where Michael Gallup's back, the offense is doing well. Uh, it seemed like as soon as Thanksgiving hit, 
it was just tight end palooza. Every single game a tight end hit. But even in the championship round, uh, CeeDee Lamb had like 11, 11 catches. Just automatic. Like the easiest number one number ones. He's going to be a number one wide receiver uh, next year. And I think that was – I think at the beginning of the year, DeAndre Swift, healthy, was a number one running back. But as we saw with the injury and we saw with Jamal Williams – it's almost trending to a, a, a send that, like, DeAndre Swift was a RB2. But at no point, even when C.D. Lamb was slumping, that he was never a wide receiver two. So I just, just in hindsight now, and I remember texting Phillips when the trade went down. I'm like, dude, great trade. You won it. Like, easy. And I just think that trade, in terms of all the trades this year, was by far the worst trade. And I feel like, and I feel like you catch yourself in these trades every year i mean we've had trades in the past pretty sure there was like a gronk trade out there was a i traded you gronk for kelsey i think one year maybe that was with phillips but um that wasn't with me i'd never do such a thing okay but this year you did and i just think um one of the worst one of the worst trades it was easily the worst trade this year um in terms of like where one owner got a majority of of the production and the value and the other one didn't and um, do you have anything on that? I mean, it's not the award. I'm not going to give you that bad, but it was. I mean, it sounded like it. You just went on for 10 minutes about it. Um, no, at that moment, my running backs, I believe, were Jeff Wilson Jr. And Beast. I can't even tell you who the second running back. Uh, Kareem Hunt. I had no running backs. And at that time, I needed a running back. Phillips wasn't going to give me um, ETN or... Um, Kenneth Walker, and so I just went on hoping that DeAndre Swift would recapture um, what he was doing prior to the injury. I mean, he got injured really early, and he had two weeks where it was he was showing that he was DeAndre Swift from the last couple of years, where he had 20, 25-point games. And so I was that's what I was hoping for. Um, but yeah, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. CeeDee Lamb ended up being the number six wide receiver the rest of the year. Um, and had a great, great season. I will say, and I shouldn't let the people get in my head, but Phil being a Cowboys fan got in my head and me thinking the same thing um, with Michael Gallup coming in and taking away target share, Dalton Schultz coming in. They have so many weapons on offense. CD's going to like take a little bit of a step back. And CD was good. He wasn't great. He was a wide receiver too prior to when I traded him. He was like 15th ranked overall. And he had a couple good weeks, but he had some stinkers. But he just took off after I traded him. So, yeah, bad trade on my part. Um, and, I mean, we talked about this with trade other leagues. I did have CD in another league, and he won me that league. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and I know I just grilled you on it because I wanted to fill for time. Uh, but, really, that was the only major trade that I felt like there was a big disparity. There was a lot of – I mean, for- you traded you traded me Najee Harris, and Najee Harris was an RB2 the rest that of the season. That doesn't matter. I you mean, got Cortland Sutton back who was booty. So, uh, yeah, easy there with the only trade. Okay, well, my award winner, um, which I have uh, some sound ready here. So my award winner for this category for the best slash worst transaction of the year. Uh, This one's bad. (laughs) This one's so bad. Uh, On September, October 8th, a running back from the Seahawks was dropped. Jake, do you want to care 
a guess on which running back it was? Yeah, I do know who it is, and I'm gonna let you. Um, well, I was know, hope- tell the audience. I but- was ho- I was hoping you were gonna say, well, you know what? That sounds about the time where Rashad Penny got hurt because well, Rashad you didn't Penny- let me finish. You just jumped right down my throat. Well, I was gonna say, R.I.P. Rashad Penny, who was everyone's favorite fantasy running back this year, as far oh, as a dark horse. He was my guy, um, but you know things happened, and this guy. Um, ended up being the the fantasy stud. So, on October eighth, this is a Saturday before the game. Uh, Kenneth Walker was dropped by official boys, and it only hurts more that Wednesday, October nineteenth. So eleven days later, official boys dropped Rashad Penny. So <laughs> we all know what happened in that situation. The injured Rashad Penny opened the door for the breakout that. Brian has official boys um, three point stance. That was his old team name for the longest time. He's always jumps a gun on rookie running backs. He loves them. Um, I believe he, hmm, I want to say rookie year. I think he had Saquon or he had Alvin Kamara, but he always jumps on rookie running backs. He did that same this year with, uh, with Pierce out of Houston, Damien Pierce. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that you stepped in. I was going to say like, Devian, or I was gonna screw up that name too. I'm so glad he jumped in. Uh, that should have been the word. Uh, another category is pronunciation of the year. The yeah, year just, it would have just been you. It would just been we would have had my audio tape over and over again. But yep. Kenneth Walker dropped, and um, given the obviously transaction notes with Rashad Penny getting dropped a week later, this uh, one of the worst drops in terms of uh, you're holding a guy all year waiting for the breakout. Rashad Penny. Uh, from the top of my head, I feel like he didn't start off hot. He had seven points week one, week three. He had seven points. He had that big game against Detroit, but that was at an earlier time of the year where everyone was having big games against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 28 points. Uh, he had two touchdowns in that game. So I would imagine, um, I would imagine at that point, Official Boys uh, was in a position where I think he started off strong. There was a point early in the season where he was. Uh, one of the top teams, I remember like week five or week six, we were talking about his team. And just too soon. It's just one of those situations that was way too soon. Uh, you draft a rookie running back. I I think the one lesson that I'm going to learn this year was uh, I look at a lot of the either rookie running backs or even second-year running backs that were in great positions. I look at Brees Hall, who I was very down on, on why are people drafting him so high. I was very down on Travis Etienne Jr., and that situation cleared up, uh, obviously, before the injuries for both guys. Um, how those situations cleared up when, once the, the starting guys either got hurt, got traded. Um, it's all patience. It's all patience. And I know in fantasy football, you're looking at – you're not only looking at the length of the football season, which I'm, I'm, we're already at the end of the season. And it feels miserable. Football season comes and goes so quickly. So you're not only taking that in the concept of your fantasy football lineup and your team. You're also looking at – Okay, we had a week earlier. Okay, playoffs start. I have to I have to finish out the season three weeks before the season. So you're already counting those weeks, and you're holding on to a guy uh, like Kenneth Walker, who you had, to, had such promise in, and you thought, you know what, Seattle always runs. I remember the, I remember how frustrating it was to have. Uh, man, why am I blanking on uh, that stud running back that they had two years ago? Rashad Penny started taking his Chris time. Carson. Chris Carson. Same thing. They've always they've always had two guys. There's the backup backup guy Rashad Penny or 
whoever's in the backfield was always getting some minutes. But Kenneth Walker starting on the year was uh, here and there. He didn't really do much. He was and hurt then, to start yeah. the year too. And it, and then I would imagine after that Detroit game, he uh, Rashad Penny blowing up. I can be, I can understand the psychology of Brian saying, you know what, it's just not going to work. Uh, my team either doing good. I need to make a change. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Let's drop. But whoa, mama, what a drop. Uh, at the worst possible time because at the end of the season brian's team was was struggling for points uh i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna quote you because i don't know the exact quote but i remember you calling his team kind of a fraud all year there was had a lot of guys uh it was towards the the later part of the year i liked his team when damian pierce was going off and miles sanders well just think about think about his situation about him closing out the year where he needed every win Mm -hmm. or if he would have had kenneth walker Mm -hmm. over damian pierce who was falling apart like mm-hmm. that yeah. that is literally the change of the game and we were just talking about in the Trey interview is that Trey's team was just mopping people all season but uh given obviously the situation in Buffalo he wasn't it wasn't that big of a high scoring week there's there there were wins that Brian probably could have had uh, if he got into the playoffs and just one drop it was one drop by that draft position that he has grown accustomed to of taking every year taking that rookie and banking on potential and he had it in the back pocket. It was just one week too late. So my award show, let's see how this sound goes. Nah, not the greatest. Goes to Brian Fischel and the Fischel Boys for the worst best drop of the year with Kenneth Walker. Jake? Oh. I, that's right. I can't hear. I can't hear the sound on my yeah, end. Yeah, my so. bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think that's a fair. That's a fair award given to the official boys. Um, okay. Our next category is going to be prediction of the year bets edition. Ooh. Now, if you have listened to us and you get all the way to the end of our podcasts uh, once a week, I do Baki's bets, and there were some just incredible content going through today uh, we'll have a wrap-up of Baki's bets after the award show but um but listening to the bets i decided you know this would be a good category because there was just some some bad ones so one of the nominees for prediction of the year bets edition um one of the first ones i will talk about is i got a little too um big for my britches here i started out the year uh four and two or i started three and oh one and two. The third week of the season, I said, "You know what? I'm gonna try and go four and zero." Well, mm-hmm. the opposite happened, and I went zero and four to uh, the third week of the season in Baki's bets, which kind of uh, put a little hamper uh, damper on my record for the year, um, which we'll have later. But zero and four nominee, uh, just not good. I, I don't even remember what the games were. I don't even think any of them were close. Um, and I really stayed away from any four-game um, mm-hmm. slates the rest of the year. And so 0-4 for Baki's bets that week. My second uh, nominee for prediction of the year bets was my play of the year. Do you remember what my play of the year was? Was it Titans? It was, was the-, the Tennessee Titans versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you okay. remember what happened that game? Did the, I know the Eagles blew them out, right? Yes, I took the Titans plus four and a half as my game of the year, and it wasn't even close. No, it was was close in the first quarter. It was seven to seven. And then I think the Eagles scored 28 straight points. 
and ended up winning like 30 plus to seven. So that was definitely the wrong side and definitely was a terrible um, prediction as far as prediction of the year. Now, my winner for prediction of the year, Bets Edition, and Blake's going to love this one. Blake actually gets two awards. Um, oh, wait. For... I think I know which one you're going to say, and I agree. I was going to – okay, wait. Go ahead. Sorry. So Blake gets two awards in our Northside story. Prediction of the Year Bets Edition. We introduced Miller Bets, and Miller Bets was the underdog um, picks of the year. Yes. Uh, picks of the week. And Blake had, I believe, two winners this year, maybe three. Mm-hmm. I know one was the Raiders at the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a great which game. Was a, which was a great pick. I think it was like a four or five point underdog. I'm unsure what one of them, another one was. I think you started out one and no. Whatever game you picked first, you, you ended up winning. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the prediction of the year, bets edition winner. That was it? I got the sound here. Pick of the week. I am two oh. I'm not counting Jake picking one for me. Even though it was my fault. I told him I was going to do it, but I digress. Why are the Vikings underdogs this oh, week? Oh, no. Um, against the Cowboys. I and smell something stinky. I, do, I know. It's stinky. Um, I, believe, I believe the Vikings are home. Yes, my, they are. My no. They're 8-1, 4-0 at home. Cowboys have given up two on the road. Yeah, Cowboys have given up over 100 yards um, on average this year. They're averaging about 100 yards given up per game. I'm going to take Dalvin Cook. Um, besides Joe Mixon, I believe that Dalvin Cook is the, the best running back that the Cowboys have faced all year. Kirk Cousins True. is on a heater right now. He There's was. probably more stats that I can pull up that would probably um, tell you why um, Vikings are better. But this is it's a 125 game Pacific, uh, Pacific time, which is pretty much primetime Kirk Cousin hour. This is where he <laughs> makes all his magic. I don't know why you would fade him in this, in this window. Just put a hondo on Vikings. Call your bookie. Rolled over to next week on the Vikings, and then once you win next week, put it on them to win the Super Bowl. It all starts this week when Vikings, as underdogs at home, <laughs> pull out a victory over the Cowboys. Get your Vikings Ravens tickets in right now. I, I told you, told you two weeks ago. <laughs> what a prediction! One of my favorites of the year. If you don't know what that final score was. I believe that final score was 40 to 3 Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> um, let me just make sure. Now, there could have been another one that I could have chosen because I believe the next week yep. or maybe the week after yep. that one, Blake picked um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go on the road against San Francisco and uh, beat the Niners. Now, that game was also a blowout in which that game was uh, 35 to 7 Niners. So those. Back those two games was a combined seventy-five to ten score. So oh, the award goes to Miller Betts, and I know that those aren't easy to pick because they are underdog. But holy shit, were those not even close to being close games? And shout out Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl prediction. Um, it could still, still happen. Still alive. That's all that matters. But um, yeah, the award for best prediction. Bet's edition goes to you. Okay, wait, I have audio here. I'll bring us back in, but let me do it. 
Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. Okay. My award now, Jake. Can I go to mine? Yep. Okay. Yep. Team of the year. Now, wait. Team name of the year. Because we already have a team of the year. That was the tray. But uh, I'm normally every year, I usually switch my team name around. Um, I I love I love keeping people on their toes. I love I love draft season when I draft someone. Like every time every year I draft Cooper Cup, my boy. Um, Jake took him from me this year. But go to name, Coop's Loose, great name. Or uh, Cooper Troopers. Just love it. Love it. I love the team name because that kind of sets the tone for the whole year. This year, uh, I'm not gonna nominate my team name, but I do love my team name this year. Uh, the cat, hashtag claws up. Uh, throw it back to Hold on. What? Hold on. Do you remember what your team name was the start of the season? Oh, can I get to the nominations? Okay, go ahead. Uh, you stole so, mine. Uh, my team this year, throughout the majority of the, the year, uh, the cat, hashtag claws up. Uh, I'm going to start incor- incorporating hashtags in my team names. I don't know. It gives me a little bit of a flair. But I have some, a few names that I want to go over uh, that were, I don't know, stood out to me. We had a lot of teams that kind of stay the same in terms of their team names. Uh, Shane is always quarterback sneaks, which is a great name. I just want to shout out there. He's not. I'm not putting him in the running, but I love that name. He always has his sneaker logo. I think it's really important if you're going to win it, like win at fantasy football, you gotta you gotta have a good team name. You gotta have a good logo. You gotta have a good presence. And I'm going to give QB sneaks uh, an honorable mention. Oli outside looking in, in case you didn't know. But uh, the first team I want to nominate is Fischl Boys. Now, not sexy, not a really sexy name, but uh, coming coming uh, back from this year, coming from three-point stance to the Fischl Boys, it it really just drove home what kind of a family man uh, Brian Fischl is, incorporating his kids into the fantasy football uh, team and lineup. Now, uh, there's probably some decisions. I don't know what's going on in that official household on who pulled the plug on the Kenneth Murray or Kenneth Walker uh, situation. Uh, who, uh, which one of the kids decided to roll out Pierce every single week? Still scared of his first name. I feel like I'm going to butcher it. Uh, but official boys, I, I, I like the name. Um, it's just a great name. Great, wholesome name. Uh, I want to shout out to my team. Jake tried to ruin here. Kyler, the creator, 2.0. I drafted Kyler Murray this year. Uh, Jake last year had Kyler Murray. His team name was called Kyler, the creator. I will say Kyler, the creator, as a team name, kind of unoriginal because of Tyler, the creator. And, I mean, I get it. But um, with me drafting Kyler, and really, you got to get a feel for your team and knowing, like, hey, what's the name? What's going to stick? What do you want on the trophy at the end of the year? Um, I used Kyle the Creator 2.0. It wasn't going to be a team name that I was going to stick with. It was more of a joke as I got a footing and see the kind of momentum with my team. And uh, it will last me a couple weeks, but really once once the cat hashtag claws up came up, I just I had to do it. Um, now I want to go into uh, – it's a dead heat. I want to bring up both teams, and I'm going to tell you my winner, Jake. Uh, for team names, I want to do the whole cluster of Phil's – uh, team names throughout the years. Now, Phil did oh, my there strategy. Were there were a lot. And Phil did my strategy, which I loved. Um, I believe he started off the year, because this is, I believe, our fifth year, maybe five years, six years. So, obviously, a lot of the times you roll into the next year, you haven't looked at your team. 
roll into the next year with the team that he had last year. So he had a bounce back with C-Mac, um, which was a great name. Great name for last year because he didn't have C-Mac this year. But uh, he started off the year with the team name uh, Zero to Hero, which I believe that is Hercules. Can you correct me on that, Jake? Yeah, I think, but also just a lot of just unnecessary foreshadowing because when has Phil ever become the hero? Harsh, but Zero to Hero, which is a great name. It's very topical. Guy's always in last place. And that, at that is correct. And at that point of the season, you at least thought, you know what? Maybe you can be the hero this year. But as we saw, no, back down to last place. And then after the interview that you and I had with him, um, he changed his name to the Ghost of Forte, which is just hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't make much sense uh, because it's not like Forte like haunted him. I know the, the allure of... Uh, Matt Forte throughout the years in this league prior to I prior to me participating was that if you had Matt Forte it's just put it in the bag you already got the championship so um, I like the name I like how he switched it after the interview because we had a conversation and we obviously talked about curses and then here's where Phil really started to shine after that once Saquon Barkley started going off he had the team name show me the Quan now I'm 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 struggling with I'm struggling with where what reference that is to anything um, like show me the money show me the whatever but something was show me the Quan just it's just perfect it's a great name it's perfect Phil it's it's literally I, I could see Phil like one night it's like eleven o'clock just fed the cats and uh, he's sitting on his laptop and he's like man. What, what what do I need to do with my team to to really turn it around? And do I need to make a trade? Should I drop this guy? And then it clicked. He's like, oh, show me the Quan. And he changed his team name. He probably ran into the bedroom, woke up his wife, woke up Alyssa. Hey, do you like this name? She agreed probably because it's eleven o'clock at night and it's like Phil, just shut up. And but what a great name. And then I just even double check. He at the end of the year he went back to the Ghost of Forte. I think his decision of switching back to the Ghost of Forte after having it not the greatest. I like Show Me the Quan, but those collection and names. You think are great. that he did the dance move when when he? Oh yeah, changed. Oh the yeah. Name? He, oh, you he, think he hit? You think that he hit the Quan? I so okay. Maybe that's what it is. I I don't know. I'm in boomer category, so I don't know these pop culture references. So maybe he did hit the Quan when he did the. That's probably uh, yeah. that's probably it. Uh, and then my other one, short and simple, Team Mercy A. Who would have thought? That's it. Best team name. And yep. as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm gonna give the winner of the best team name to Sam. There you go. Congrats, Sam. Team wow. Mercy A. Just it's just classic. What do you? It's I mean, just, that's it. I, if There's I have no, to, if no, I have to say anything, it. if I have to say anything, is that Sam's here to win. She's not here to fuck around, like waste time, like adding people, dropping people, listening to trades. She knows she wants. She wants Kirk Cousins. She wants Gus Edwards. She wants Gus Bus. She, I mean, she couldn't have Jared Goff. She wanted Jared Goff 
And Robert Woods, she comes here, she drafts her team, she sets her lineup, she calls it a day. She goes has a my a my tie by the pool and just counts up the wins. I mean, not a lot of wins this year. She had a chance, but Team RCA, she literally doesn't care. She's just like, mm-hmm. I don't even care about my team name. And uh, for teams that are switching or trying to have funny names, it's it's kind of counterculture. And it, it's taken me all season to kind of accept that. So mm-hmm. she's got my vote. She's got the award. Great. That's a great category. Uh, you have one more with the best draft pick. I do. Wow. Okay. Well, that one kind of caught me by surprise here, but I think well, it's we'll really bad. We'll put this one together. I, I, I'll, I'll nominate one team, um, and we can we can talk about this because this is something we talked about literally all season long. Uh, one nominee for best draft pick um, had to go to one of our interviewees in Rum Runners, Ronnie B. Oh, yes. Aaron Rodgers picks in the fifth round. Now, Aaron Rodgers won MVP last year. Um, and so, you know, we know that Aaron Rod, what he can do and he can, you know, throw the ball around. I mean, uh, I, don't all quarterbacks just throw the ball around? Yeah. 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 I guess. I mean, if you, if I were to say, name me a quarterback that throws the ball around, I think Aaron Rodgers and Kirk cousins are like the two that really like come to mind to yeah. me. Just, just hucking it, chucking it all over the place. Yep. Um, Nick, a notoriously known Packer fan, um, picking Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round over the likes of Lamar Jackson, over the likes of, um, I mean, even Kyler Murray. Maybe, I mean, looking back, I guess it's a little different, but, you know, Jalen Hurts was was picked a little lower. Um, You know, other quarterbacks as well. So Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round. What I'm looking at right now is that I think he got a little nervous. You know, you had Justin Herbert off the board. Yeah. You had Patrick Mahomes. You Tom had Josh Brady. Allen. Tom, uh, yeah, Tom Brady. <laughs> um, which we'll just touch on a little bit. But taking Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round without his number one receiver in Devontae Adams um, traded to the Raiders really, you know, really set it up to fail for him. So my nominee um, is Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round for – Rum runners. Okay, I have a nominee as well, um, and I'm gonna pick on myself here because I'm looking at the draft, and in hindsight, I I can't believe how stupid I was with this pick. Brandon Cooks in the fifth round. Now, I don't think at the time of the draft it was a bad pick, but uh, encapsulating the season that was Brandon Cooks, that was the Houston Texans. A woof, absolutely woof. And I picked Brandon Cooks after Michael Pittman. Those heading into those are my my second wide receiver, third wide receiver, just awful, awful picks. And I, um, I think the potential was there. I think that's why I was I was so keen. And and I think and I think why these were such bad picks is, was the perception that I had uh, coming out of the draft season, how high I was on both of them. I thought Michael Pittman was going to be like offensive player of the year. I thought he, I thought like Michael Pittman was going yeah, to. Yeah, I would, that. I would, I would say the three of your top five picks should be just grouped together. I mean, you had two great picks in Nick Chubb and Devontae Adams, but the other three, your first overall, Najee Harris, he ended up being probably the worst first round pick. Um, maybe I mean Jonathan Taylor, you kind of had to pick him there, but Najee in the first. And then a uh, Mark, or sorry, a Michael Pittman, like you were just about to say, in the fourth, he was twenty fifth overall as a wide receiver. 
you had guys like T Higgins, um, you know, Terry McLaurin was okay. Mike Williams was injured a lot of the year, but Jalen Waddle was in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like you just said, Brandon Cooks in the fifth. Yeah, horrible. And I don't know where you're going to go with your next one and who you're going to get the award to, but the only quick hitter also in terms of just one of the worst picks of the year was I want to touch on T. Mercier, Cam Akers, fourth round. Yeah, I, that was, that's a bad one. That's a bad one. Now, you can say, well, look at the last end of the season, like, he finally turned it on, but it's, I just, you don't draft a fourth, your second running back, uh, you don't draft him 32 overall to have this type of season that he had. And I, if we, mm-hmm. you and I were both down on him heading into this, this season. Uh, Drell yep. Henderson Jr. at the time was, was still heavily involved in the offense. It usually takes a while for Rams uh, running back, especially under the Sean McVay team. There's, Cam Akers definitely burst on the scene. Uh, when he was drafted, and and I think that was a time too where the the ghost of Todd Gurley in the building was like completely gone. Darrell Henderson Jr. was in the backfield; he was a part of the team, but he never really got 100% run. There was a lot of uncertainty, so I think that's where Cam Akers really popped. But I think going into this year, you and I were both super high on Darrell Henderson Jr. Not high, but I think in terms of uh, someone that's going to lead the backfield in terms of touches, uh, they. Man, it seems like forever ago, but I believe Sonny Michelle was in the backfield as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, last year. A lot of, lot of uncertainty, a lot of question marks, and just it wasn't there. It hasn't been in there for Cam Akers all year, and I just think that fourth-round pick – I remember at the seat of the draft, just like, who's taking Cam Akers here? And yep. uh, it was Sam, and she got burned by it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am going to crown the winner of this category – to no uh, none other than the winner of our fantasy league and we touched on this in the interview with trey but him picking tom brady in the fourth round when back-to-back quarterbacks so he picks josh allen in the third round and then tom brady in the fourth round and then picking perhaps the biggest bust of the fantasy uh just fantasy football in the last couple of years in Kyle Pitts in the fifth round for his tight end back-to-back picks in Tom Brady and Kyle Pitts. I do not believe he chose Tom Brady at all or uh, played Tom Brady except for a bye week in Kyle Pitts. I don't think played past week four or five. I just, there's not much you can really say about that. Uh, it is incredible that he won the league with, and I will say he might've had the worst picks, um, aka the best draft selections in the fourth and the fifth round, but drafting Josh Jacobs in the sixth round and then drafting Tony Pollard in the tenth round were actually the best picks of the fantasy season. Yeah, I mean you're gonna take. Yeah, I mean those wash each other out. And if you're gonna, I guess in it just it goes against all my my draft strategy when I go to the end of the year. But if you're going to miss, I guess, on your second quarterback with Tom Brady, it's not going to hurt you when you get Josh Allen the round before. So he's, he's lucky that that Tom Brady pick wasn't his starting quarterback or or maybe he maybe he wanted to go high on Tom Brady because we keep referencing the, pod, uh, the, the, the interview that you guys will listen to shortly. Uh, mm-hmm. When it's out, he kept saying how much he doesn't have a favorite team, but he's got favorite players, and he loves, he loves Herbert and he loves Brady. So it's just one of those situations where it's like, hey, quarterbacks are coming off. I want to get a second quarterback. I don't have to worry about bye week. I want to get my guy. But, oh, my gosh. It just 
And then following that up with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts when he was drafted, he was still drafted pretty high. He was like middle round. The the connection with Matt Ryan, that team was obviously on the decline. Uh, that Falcons team was just was just trash. But still, Kyle Pitts last uh, his rookie year, good. Uh, mm-hmm. Second step forward, I think almost like the T.J. Hawkinson. I think I feel like his second year coming in the league, definitely inflated, definitely that monster. But what Arthur Smith, I believe, is the coach for uh, the Falcons. Yes, the Falcons, and the whole point when he was coming in, coming in as a offensive coordinator for the Titans was that very run heavy, like very, very, very run heavy. That's why mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota was so. I wouldn't say so successful, but in terms of projections and what you would expect out of Marcus Mariota as a quarterback, uh, he was pretty successful running an offense that he's familiar with. And that team was only successful, and you only wanted pieces in the running game. Uh, and it's it was evident with Kyle Pitts that he was, whether he was targeted and either were not even close or they would go right through his hands, or there were games where he was literally a running traffic cone out there just yeah absolutely nothing yep. nothing and just frustration and it's so funny because i tried so hard to get kyle pitts all year from trey and nothing he's like, ah no 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 he's i'm gonna hold on to him i see something with him but thank good i mean it doesn't matter guy won because he dominated with uh josh jacobs pick and chris godwin came on late it's just he got he got sold out, but yeah, I agree. Give him the award, throw him the award. Worst worst draft picks I've I've ever seen back to back. Let me do the sound. Let me do the sound. Perfect. God, I love the sound. I wish you can hear it. I'll, I'll be able to hear it in uh, post. There so, you go. Our last category of the North Side 2022 um, for our awards is prediction of the year fantasy edition now there are a couple here um that i would like to talk about before our grand winner this is like best picture like this is yeah (laughs) by far the build-up for this entire award ceremony so coming in in one of the runner-ups um is my prediction that sam would have less than 100 points um i believe it was back in week four um she was facing yes week four she was facing steph if you want to go back i don't have the sound for that specifically but if you want to go back and listen to week four um uh over or matt or week four matchups the on, on our account and listen to what i had to say about sam's team i predicted she won't even come close to 100 points wouldn't sniff it whatsoever well, she dropped the most points, or sorry, second most points yep. <laughs> of the year at 140 points, in which TJ Hawkinson dropped 36, Mike Evans dropped 26, and our boy Clyde Edwards Hilaire even dropped 22 points. So that one was a major miss as far as me being wrong. That actually was the same week I went 0-4 in Baki's Bets. I listened to that podcast episode, and I remember the next episode was my apology tour to sam um yeah, i and love that episode no no confidence in picking baki's bets the next week um but i think i what i, I went up going two and one the next week after that so um yes 140 points for sam's team in that matchup now the second runner-up or sorry the the actual runner-up in second place 
is actually going to go to Phil. Now, Phil's prediction, and this would have been number one if it would have came true, because this was a sneaky, holy shit, Phil might have actually predicted the future here. If you remember our interview, we asked Phil, and you can go back and listen to the, the interview that we had with Phil, what is going to happen for the fantasy football year, the rest of the year? And this was back in week three or week four again. And Phil said... I think I'm going to be seven and seven and I'm going to sneak into the playoffs. Now that almost happened. That was one game away. Um, Another prediction was Blake saying that Phil against Stephanie, the matchup of the century um, back when they played each other, whoever won went to the playoffs ended up being the worst uh, matchup of the century I've ever seen. Um, Stephanie, I believe, beat Phil. It was like 75 to 59 or something like that. Some just ridiculous. 73 to 57. Yeah, 73 to 57. Whoever won that week went to the fantasy football playoffs, and it ended up being Steph. Um, So Phil, unfortunately, did not predict this 100% correctly, but he was very, very close. So we'll give him uh, silver for this specific category. Now, the best picture, a.k.a. prediction of the year fantasy-wise, goes to none other than this glorious soundbite. Yeah, where Mark Andrews picks, so I apologize I for that. I have, yeah, I would have picked Diggs if he was there. Let it marinate. It's getting now, there. Now, pretty close matchup between the two. Anything else on either person's roster stands oh, out to you? Any are, players that you like? There are just huge red flags on both oh, of these oh, rosters. Oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to talk trash on official boys. Um, oh, shout out, yes. Ken. Shout out, Brock, um, yeah. for, for helping uh, be fish with the roster. Well, I hope they don't. I hope they don't listen to this because you already. I did uh, actually bleep. curse already, so yeah. you're muffs. We'll blur but, it out. Um, yeah, bleep it out, um, editor. Uh, yeah. But I can't stand. There is one player on Brian's team, and he <laughs> is. I know Brian's an Eagles fan, uh, but oh, Miles, Miles Sanders. Sanders. Miles Sanders might be one of the worst running backs in football. Um, that guy cannot hit the hole. He cannot. One of my here play some sound effects. One of my uh, big predictions of the year. Okay, Miles Sanders doesn't even start by week eight. He's 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 demoted. Give me Kenneth Gainwell. Give me one of those other running backs. One of those other like you know the little running backs, the scat backs. Um, Miles Sanders is just complete trash. Uh, Not a fan of him whatsoever. So put that mark that one down in your books. Uh, Revisit this. In a couple months, Miles Sanders, not even close to being the starting running back on the Philadelphia Eagles. See ya. That is the best prediction of the year, fantasy edition. My claim to fame, what people now call me as the biggest Miles Sanders hater, and just being absolutely wrong on Miles Sanders. Uh, Like Brian Light of the Point point out in the group chat, I believe he was – named a pro bowler this year. Um, he finally scored touchdowns and had himself a pretty good fantasy season. Now there are a couple of weeks where I was right. Cause he threw up duds, but overall Miles Sanders, I apologize. You had a good fantasy year. You are a good running back too for a running back in our fantasy league. But yeah, what a prediction that was. 
Oh, I love the audio. I, the, I love pulling, going back in the vault and just seeing the stupid crap. We said, man, if I had took the day off work, I would probably pull this. Some of the 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 bad the bad names that I tried to I tried to remember offhand the Gene Autry's the um, yeah as this is our first year of doing this I think next year we we have to do a better job of writing down certain spots yeah, or certain predictions uh, no 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 it's it's both of us I I I remembered what episode the Miles Sanders one was and um and listening back to some of the Bucky's bets they were pretty good but. Yeah, we we uh, we had a lot of bad predictions. A couple of good predictions. Uh, Blake definitely went on a little streak with the Allen Robinson uh, pick of the week, where he was going over under um, of his production because uh, he knows the Rams. So yeah, we uh, we had some bad ones. We had some good ones, but overall, that's you only what remember makes the good ones. All fun. You only remember the, the good ones unless we call yeah. it out on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well. You- I'm pretty sure that's it for the awards, but that I, is. I'm excited. So let's wrap this up. Um, I wanted to hear how you did on Baki's bets. I think you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I went back and I, I looked at our record, which we'll have, we'll do better job of next year as well. Um, <laughs> it's all Baki's bets. Baki's bets started out um, kind of, or no, the first three weeks because of that. zero and four kind of rough. So four and six, three weeks in now, I told you this week in and week out. If you listen to Baki's bets, you're going to make money. Okay. Baki's bets at the end of the year went 22 and 15 for a 659% wow. uh, winning percentage. Okay. After that 0-4 start, I only had one losing week the rest of the season. I went 2-1, and one, a lot of 2-1s, and ones, um, but I went... Uh, without that 0 and 4, or sorry, 2 4, we're doing nothing to fly. 2 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14. I went 17 and 9 after that 0 and 4. So, seven out of the eight weeks were winning weeks. Um, and yeah, a good good year for Baki's bets. And I also won my Pick'em League. So, you know, sometimes it pays to uh, to listen to what we have to say. You would have made good amount of money if listening to Baki's bets well I think I I mean I know I had some bad picks but I'll take I'll take whatever my record was I want to say I was one under 500 especially picking underdogs I know I had some cheeky underdogs where they're probably two point lines but um yeah all in all I felt like I felt like you were pretty on it I felt like uh it definitely does pays listening to as is evident with that winning percentage but I think it just pays listening to your expertise and I think uh the people that that followed us throughout this our journey these last 30 episodes uh there was some good analysis there there was some that that hit there's some that didn't but um i just that record pretty pretty awesome pretty incredible to kind of yeah, go yeah back i wish i would have listened to myself because i did not take any of these picks throughout the entire season well that's how it goes and how it does go is that let's we got to do a send-off here jake it's the 30th episode it's the last Last, we're going to be talking until the end of the season. Ain't got anything you want to say? No, uh, the only thing is just I appreciate everyone listening in. Um, just a couple people here and there that listen. That means a lot to both of us. Um, I I joined this to just have some fun and just be able to just spout fantasy football nonsense for, for three months. So I appreciate everyone listening, especially everyone in this league. Um, we want to make it fun and interesting for you guys. We all we all love to talk shit and just in all, all in a good – 
a fun way as well. Um, and we hope that over the next six months or so, um, or a little less than that, we, we come up with some, you know, creative and new ideas to where, you know, we can continue this and, and still have a good time doing it. I think the most important thing about not only, um, not only playing like fantasy football in general, but like even just like this podcast that we did is I, you hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. It's like, well, who are you doing it for? Like who listens? And it's, and it's the, the eight people, well, obviously us, but it's the eight, eight other people in our league. It's, it's not for, it's not for your, your grandpa. It's not for your grandma. It's not for, um, YouTube or anything like that. It's there. The, the, the feeling of sitting on is sitting here, at the end of like a long day going to work or me in school or um, everything that's going on, the most fun I had during this, during these 38, 16, 17 weeks of the season are the, the 45, 45 to an hour, just talking about the things that we love with the, uh, the people that we have built relationships on with our work experience and just and the relationships that we've gained from this league and, for us to just sit here and I mean this is uncommon for me. Jake knows a lot more than me, but for me to just come here and just hang out and just say some stupid shit uh, about teams and, and players that I mean obviously apparent that I don't know half these names. Uh, getting on here shout to out, talk. Shout out Gene Autry. Shout out Gene Autry. Uh, it's every episode. It's every two hours. It's it's every me staying up till one thirty in the morning. Uh, cutting up the audio and making sure that the intro was right so that um, we can put out something that Jake and that Jake and I have grown to love and appreciate being able to, to do this and record this and, and give it to the people uh, that listen to us. So where this ends here, it's only the beginning. Uh, there's those new ideas always sprouting and um, I just can't wait. Are you going to plug, are you going to plug your stuff? you for the next couple months, I I'm I'm still working on it. I I uh, I have some like other side projects that obviously with with the success of being able to do this with you and and having fun just being able to uh, uh, just like just talk to people in general. There's there's things that I I'm gonna try to push for coming up, um, TBD. But for now, it's the end of this story and. I can't wait to write the story that is Northside story to uh, 2023 uh, fantasy football season to on this. I want to thank everyone. I want to thank the four viewers. I was just checking the viewers. There's like two of them are bots. They're not even like real people, but nice. that's four viewers and I'll take it. I want to thank you. Join the league next year. Maybe we, we can 12, always 12 person, little 12 teamer. Uh, but regardless, I want to thank the real people that are listening to you. Jake. I want to thank you because I couldn't do this without you. And, uh, I want to thank all the other owners in the league. Thank you for making this year, um, truly memorable one that I will never forget. And I can't wait to, uh, see you all hopefully at we'll the draft see you in August. We'll see you in August. Have a good night.